Welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan, a podcast tackling the stigma of men's mental health. Proudly presented by On The Men Charity. My name is James. And my name is Stuart. We're just two guys that got together to raise awareness on men's mental health. During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professional and the opinions in this podcast are our own, but please feel free to join in the conversation. Each episode will see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health. Overall, our aim is to get people talking. Right, good afternoon, Stu, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, I'm good couple of weeks bit of a break again busy 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 people yeah yeah no excuses we're just uh we haven't found the time no that's the excuse <laughs> it'll do it's a legitimate yeah, excuse no it it's not an excuse it's a reason so this is the bit people don't think of us excuses they're not excuses it's a reason we literally couldn't couldn't do it because we've just been too busy um but yeah good to be back again episode two season two Definitely, and uh, happy Easter! Happy for Easter! Oh, yeah. Everybody that celebrates it. Yeah, Easter Sunday today. Best bit about Easter. Best bit: four days off work. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I don't care about the eggs, or I do love the eggs, and that would be wrong of me if they don't care about the eggs. But four days off work, and it has been relaxing as hell. So I'm not going to complain. What have you been up to then? Um, <clears throat> so. I was supposed to go away for one night with my girlfriend to a lovely little hotel in just outside of Derby. Lovely place, lovely, lovely place. Really nice, old-fashioned, could have well been haunted as a chaise-longue. I don't want to call them chaise-longue. Very nice. Um, but decided, because it was a short distance from her house, that it would be sensible to carry on driving all the way back to Kent from Derbyshire just to go and see my mum, which we did. And to go and visit my new baby niece, who's four weeks old now. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fell asleep on me because I've got the magic touch. Crying away, stick it on me, baby goes to sleep. Yes. So I can even <laughs> send the babies to sleep. There you go. Um, and then just went to the coast today. A bit of time out on the at the beach. Usual stuff. And going to chill tonight, obviously recording. And then head back up north again tomorrow. But I do have another classic comedy story from the other half. Much like oh, the go on, then. rushing snow. So this time, so I've been desperate, right, ever since I've got with her, because she's northern, I've been desperate to bring her down south and, in you know, like take her shopping and then for someone to just not understand her. <laughs> I've been desperate. Right, okay. Yep. Well, out Lakeside, we're in Claire's accessories. Girl behind the counter asked her for a email address. And every time she said the word or the letter A, the girl behind the counter heard it as E, and it got <laughs> it got to the point. Even though she went A for apple, she still said E. <laughs> she just couldn't get it. <laughs> she had to call me across the whole of Claire's <laughs> to come over and translate for her. Made my fucking day. Absolutely Brilliant. made my day. <laughs> just pure quality. So that's my it's my fun story. So what have you done for your four days or well, three so far? Uh, what have I done? Not a great deal, if I'm honest. So Thursday was me, uh, my second eldest's birthday. So, uh, 
did a you know went out for a meal with that um having to run the eldest to and from work for a couple of days which has been a pain in the ass because that's a you know he starts at six in the morning so that's me having to crawl out of bed at 20 past five wake myself up enough to uh to drive a car and then uh get back home and not being able to go back to sleep so uh they've been quite long days um yesterday I had a bit of a family get together which was nice and uh today bugger all if i'm honest you know went had a wander into town earlier uh lunching spoons and then uh Dropped the family home and went out for a good old uh, mental health walk and a bit of a uh, bit of clarity to myself. Just want to point out that you started that sentence with "not a lot." <laughs> well, it isn't a lot. It's nothing. It's nothing as epic as uh, as Derby and Lakeside and the beach and and everything yeah, else. But it's not. It's still. It's just yeah, quantity of stuff though, isn't it? I mean, it's just different things. But you did did a fair bit. I think that's pretty good. You know, yeah, I mean, and we're uh, off to Margate tomorrow, so that'll be good. Oh, nice. You'd love a trip out to Margate. Come on, go and plug the fish and chip shop. Go on, do it. Oh, Peter's Fish Factory is the uh, best fish and chip shop that I've ever come across. Said you then. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Peter's will be getting a visit, and I'll be getting there early because otherwise they queue right round the block for this fish and chip shop, which I guess is a sign on uh, how good it is. Yeah, that's good. I know you always go on about Peter's. I think I've eaten there before, but I mean, I think you always mention it to me. It's only fair we give it a plug. You know, got yes. to have an app. They've got to have an app on Instagram or something. We've got to plug them on there as well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, so uh, just, just a day out, just enjoying the the beach and going to the arcades, having something to eat, and just generally having a nice family day out. Yeah, I've got to be back in time for me oldest going to work at four, so we'll probably set off relatively early. You know, a few hours down there on the beach, going to Dreamland, spot a lunch, and then uh, head back. You're going to don some uh, roller skates, mate, and get yourself around that roller disco? Uh, no. <laughs> That's a very I will, I will quite happily sit there and watch my children be like Bambi um, and take lots of photos and videos for prosperity. Uh, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you could have something to wind them up when they're older. Absolutely, absolutely. I've got enough of that. Trust me. Cool. Well, seems like we both had a relatively good, a reasonably good Easter weekend. At least it's better than the constant barrage of work that we tend to get. The weather's been nice, which is good. Right. Mm, good. I Although I, I did nearly kill myself earlier. Don't do that. And I don't. I don't mean that in a you know mental health suicide type. Nearly kill myself as I. Yeah. Uh, I meant it as in I decided to cut my grass for the first time this year because it was turning into a bit of a jungle. Yeah. And uh, as you know, I've only got a tiny little King Charles Cavalier and he was kind of getting a bit lost in the grass going out there. So um, that's the... Uh, up and down. Yeah, pretty much. Um, unfortunately, my trusty petrol mower decided to let me down, which meant I ended up doing the whole thing with some pissy little flymo mower, which was diabolical. So... How did you nearly kill yourself? Through the sheer effort of trying to push this shitty little mower <laughs> so up and down my lawn. Table, yeah. No, 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 nothing dramatic like that. It was just like, you know, and because the the little bucket on the uh, fly mow is so small, I'd literally push it about six inches and go, right, I've got to empty that now. Push for another six inches. I've got to empty again. I've heard you can only manage six inches at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> But you wouldn't want to take any more, obviously. <laughs> too too um, right. 
too, right? And, uh, yeah, that does uh, suck. Yeah. I mean, when you're used to a petrol yeah. mower, that's a big difference. Yeah, and my petrol mower is a beast, so it would just, you know, over it, no problem at all. Um, and probably one bucket load. So, uh, hey-ho, never mind, never mind. And then I came in and collapsed on the sofa and uh, watched uh, the back end of the, the Ten Commandments, which was on telly, as it is every Easter Sunday. Bloody hell, yeah. Well, that's your, your Easter films. I don't know, they've not changed, have they, since we were kids? No, no, no. <laughs> is, it Charl- is it Charlton Heston? Who is it? Who's it the- is Charlton Heston. Charlton he Heston? plays Moses, yep. God, yep. yeah. The fact that I remember that is a worry in itself. That is, to be fair, it is a good film. I marvel at the, um, I mean, not just the special effects because they're looking a bit dated, but when you look into the production that's gone on, the amount of extras they must have had, yeah. the amount of ex- uh, even animals and stuff they have in it. Yeah. And you just go, wow, this is an absolute epic of a movie. And the thing is with that as well is like, I'm, I'm not religious. You know, I'm no, not no. Religious. anybody that knows me, I'm not religious. I'm the most vocal person about it on the planet, second to bloody Ricky Gervais. Um, <laughs> but, but it's a good story. Like, it's a good story. The story is interesting, and it's well recorded. I just, yeah, it's a good film. You know, if it wasn't, mm. if it wasn't air quote based on true events, <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, if it was just a normal, you know, scripted film, great. But I like it. No, it's a good film. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Definitely. I don't get a chance to watch normal TV anymore. I pretty much live off Netflix and Prime. Oddly. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's very unusual. I, I'll flick the telly on, I've got to say, but this morning I just thought, oh, do you know what? It, it's an Easter Sunday. There's got to be a carry-on film on, right? Yes. So I start flicking through the channels, and there was no carry-on films, but they're on now probably because they were on later this afternoon when I looked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up on the Ten Commandments. Well, sounds like a good way to, end the, well, good way to get through the day. <laughs> it was a recuperation before going out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, never mind. Right. So today uh, we are going to have a chat about um, domestic violence, um, predominantly around male victims of domestic violence. But obviously, I do specifically want to call out that, you know, the majority of domestic violence cases are men against women, um, you know, and it wouldn't be fair for us to go into this episode without, you know, making that statement and calling it out. So, again, for anybody that's uh, not comfortable with this subject, we totally understand if you want to give this one a skip. No, very good. And I said, we did speak about this beforehand that, you know, we didn't want to um, demeanor domestic violence against women during this episode, but it was important that I think that we spoke about the effects of domestic violence on men as well, because it just doesn't get spoken about as much. Um, yeah. And it is a tough one to talk about. And I think when, the reason we always kind of shy away from it a little bit is you know there's a lot of male pride a lot of you know masculinity however you want to look at it from mm. you don't like you wouldn't want to admit you wouldn't want to admit that your girlfriend was either physically or mentally abusing you and also you you may not realize you're being verbally abused or or mentally abused and that's quite important as well so there's a lot out there that i think doesn't get talked about doesn't get talked about doesn't get discussed enough and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. So, and absolutely, yeah. There's some there's some interesting figures out there around male victims of domestic abuse. I mean, they, they, and going back to you know, like one in three victims of domestic abuse are male. You know, it is the 
lower proportion, but it's still a large number. It's one in three. Um, mm. And it does, it does spark questions as well, though, to go, well, that's the one in three that are talking about it. Men and women, but that's the one in three that are talking about it. It's one in three that have registered that they've been a victim of domestic abuse. How many more people out there do they suggest probably aren't speaking up? And to put that in context for, for the listeners in terms of numbers behind that, so the last uh, Office of National Statistics this came from, so um, last year, or every year, should we say, the average is around 757,000 men and 1.56 million women. Just an incredible amount of numbers, though, isn't it? Mm, Just that of a lot is. of people. Yeah. Guys and, and interestingly, so one in... One in six men and one in four women will be a victim of domestic abuse in their lifetime. And I wonder what, you know, that could be at specific levels, isn't it? I mean, it could be from the very smallest of domestic abuse levels to downright bloody horrific levels as well. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people could be a victim of domestic abuse in their normal day-to-day life and not really realise that that's actually what's happening to them. Only happened once, so... It doesn't matter, does it? At the end of the day, if it's domestic abuse, it's domestic abuse. Mm. I was just looking to see if I could find what the exact um, use of the, what the exact definition, that's the word I'm looking for, for for domestic abuse as a statement. Um, The the closest I can find is it's a pattern of behaviour, physical, sexual, verbal, emotional, financial, spiritual, used by one person to control another's actions or feelings. Yeah. Um, one way to think of these behaviours is, is as tactics, action which are chosen and planned. An abuser is not out of control. The abuser is trying to control the victim. Yeah. And it is, it's, I think the key word out of that was pattern. Like it's a, it's a repeated, a repeatable pattern of those, of those descriptions. Yeah. I, and and the thing is, is you've got the the two big parts of it, the two major parts. You've got a physical abuse, and you've got a mental abuse. And a physical abuse, you can you could potentially see if somebody was suffering from some form of physical abuse or physical attack by bruises, mm. marks, so on and so forth. It's less visible with physical, uh, with um, mental abuse. I mean, you may notice it in somebody's demeanour. You might notice that somebody's become a lot more down in their attitude or a lot sadder or feeling coming across very different to what their personality is if you know them well enough. But it's a lot less easy to spot. It is. It is. And it, so interestingly, I said about 757,000 men a year. When you look at the what actually gets reported to police, it only equates to 155,000 offences a year. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. Um, so, you know, where whilst men are seeking help, it could be via a charity. Um, and there's a number of good ones out there we'll talk about towards the end of the episode, but um, you know they don't always report it to the police. 
And again, I think that comes back to not wanting to admit it, though, doesn't it? That's that masculine mm. part of it is you've not been beat. You don't want to say you've been beaten up by your partner. Yeah. And then that's in, if we're talking about different sex relationships there, I think a lot of that is, a lot of that is more prominent if you're male-female relationship. You wouldn't want to admit that you're, I would say, in most cases, probably smaller partner or, mm. you know, less aggressive partner to the eye you know, you wouldn't want to admit that someone smaller and who would potentially look weaker than you would be beating you up. Mm. And that's not in all cases. We know that women come in all shapes and sizes and strengths. I'm not suggesting that that's the case all the time. But in the majority of cases, you'd assume that the nice big birdie man doesn't want to get beaten up by the petite little girl. And if he does, he doesn't want to admit it. And why would you? You know? And then Mm. that, that goes back to, you know, that's years and years of being programmed into men because you know you watch a number of television programs and we go back to tv programs all the time because it's a huge um contributor to how people feel about themselves um you know kids at school oh you got beat up by a girl you know that sort of stuff it's bad you know it's seen as a really really bad thing you got beat up by a girl um and it's yeah it just it, it, it i don't think people will really want to talk about it don't want to admit it so they don't report it. It's that simple. Well, the other side to that is certainly, you know, drummed into me from a very early age, you know, men don't hit women. That's, you know. Absolutely, same here. Yeah. So if you were with, uh, you know, a partner that was domestically violent towards you, that would be ringing in my head. You know, you don't want to fight back almost. But also one of the, the big things that have bothered me in life is the whole when people go, well, if you want equality, if you're going to hit me, you're going to you're going to get hit back. It's that statement as well. It's like no, yeah. the statement should be neither of you should be hitting each other. Yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't be. That's what happens. No, walk away from it. Step away from it. Don't go. I'm going to clunk your back. One, you know, don't encourage women mm. to hit men back if men hit them. By all means, defend yourself. That's a very different conversation. If you are fighting for your life, you're defending yourself against being attacked, by all means, seek that help. Seek that help in supporting yourself with self-defense. You shouldn't have to. Mm. You shouldn't feel like you have to go out there and find self-defense, but that's what people do. They go and seek self-defense. But you don't actively seek revenge or tit for tat for either sex. So when someone says, well, if they're going to hit me, they're going to be prepared to get hit back. It's like, no. That's just like two kids in a playground, isn't it? It is, yeah, definitely. Hit me first. Um, and I guess the other dynamic, you know, we've we've spoken on previous episodes, but to throw it in there again, you know, we've just come out of a, a pandemic, and uh, you know, the charity that we were looking at is uh, Mankind.org.uk, are a fantastic charity that support uh, male domestic violence victims. They saw um, a massive increase in calls to their helpline. And visits to their website, they increased by 75% wow. during the pandemic. Because that's got to be tough for people, hasn't it? That mm. being isolated in, with your partner, I guess one of two things is going to happen. You could think you're in a happy and smiley relationship and being mm. cooped up with each other and maybe the kids or whatever, all, all together every single day for months and months on end. Something might break in something, it'll crack, you know. Or if you're already in an abusive relationship and you've got nowhere to go and nowhere to hide, again, being stuck in that household, not having any way to escape, 
Mm. Bad news. Real bad news. And I guess it's not just, um, you know, looking at this from a, a domestic abuse, you, you have same-sex couples, don't you, as well, in relationships. So it could be, you know, uh, a male being uh, abusive to another male. Um, or even looking at, you know, the, the, the transgender dynamic on it as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, mm. there's so many. The, the problem is nowadays there is so many dynamics. That's the thing, isn't it? There? there is so yeah. many different types of relationship and and the way that people get together now that it affects or domestic abuse could affect them in so many different ways. So you can't just go, well, this is how domestic. This is what domestic violence looks like. You can't do that. You can't just go. That's what the expectation of it is in this environment. Because you've got female, female, male, female, male, male, transgender. You've got a number of different scenarios and different ways of people thinking. So, yeah. And in some cases, you get people that have got more than one partner. Mm. And that and that in itself, if you're in a domestic situation, with that could be particularly dangerous. So, um, another interesting probably. one. So um, on, on the same thread, so, you know, when we spoke a little while ago about the volume, it's obviously much lower men, you know, 757,000 men versus uh, 1.56 million women. 11% of male victims have considered taking their life due to partner abuse. Um, the percentage is lower for women, so 7.2%. But we've heard, we've spoken about that before over mm. other statistics where men are more likely to take their life than women in general anyway. Yeah. In terms of suicide, men are more likely to commit suicide than women. Mm. So that's not a surprising stat in, t in terms of it being higher. Yeah. Not, 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 from my not from my perspective anyway. But it's still a big number in there, 11%. Well, 1% is too high, but 11% is, is high. Mm. Yeah, it's shocking. But that just leads down to the it says, you know, <clears throat> but then you look at the, you look at the stat then from, uh, we're talking about death. And over the, the charity said, you know, over the past five years, sort of between April 2015 and March 20, so before the pandemic, it was an average of 12 men per year being killed by a partner or ex-partner. Mm. In comparison to 74 women per year being killed by a partner or ex-partner. So that that that's different and that's the thing isn't it is that more men are likely to take their life but more women are likely to die by yeah. their ex-partner that's it so it's it's you know it, it there, there is a you cannot put these two side by side and go it's equal you can't because the stats just shove different mm. things in there all the time like, well, this is what's gonna happen then this is what's gonna happen there um but it's sad. It is sad. I think. I think it's. It must be really tough to be in a relationship where you stay with an abusive partner because of your family. Because a lot of people, I think, as do a lot of people, right? They stay together with their respective partner because they stay together for the kids. You know, it's a, an age-old statement being said. But a lot of people do. They would rather stay with their partner and take the abuse than they would leave to be away from their children either because they're fearful that their children will be caught up in that abuse 
or they don't want to be away from their kids. So that has got to be tough because how many of these people stay in that relationship based on the fact that they're doing it because they don't want to leave their family? Right. Well, interesting. I've got, I've got some stats for you on that. Really? <laughs> of course I have. Of course I have. So um, the main reason, so the, you know, out of men that have, have come forward and contacted charities about uh, domestic abuse, the main reason uh, is concern about their children. So that's 89%. Um, into the reasons why the man would stay in an abusive relationship, uh, followed by considering mal- marriages for life, 81%, for love, 71%, fear of never seeing their children again, 68%, yeah. a belief that she will change, 56%, lack of money, 53%, nowhere to go, 52%, embarrassment, 52%. That was uh, going to be, uh... yeah. Not wanting to take the children away from their mother, 46%. Threats that she will kill herself, 28%. Oh, yeah, that, and that's, yeah, that'll always happen. Mm. Because you flip it, and a lot of people, a lot of abusers, do love their partners very much, but are unable mm. to stop what they're doing. So actually, that statement about, I'm going to kill myself, mm. becomes... Probably a truth to those women, yeah. other women that are absolutely categorically in love and can't stop themselves doing what they're doing, and it becomes the point where they don't see any other way out, rather than the discussion around help and support, and you know, working out how to get around it. Because actually, there probably is a percentage of couples that are experiencing domestic abuse, either through both of them or one of them, that actually do want to stay together. Mm. They genuinely want to be together, but they just can't help creating this cycle of, or this pattern of behaviour that's causing the abuse. And and maybe that's where the encouragement needs to be for men and women to talk up more about it, speak more about it, and for it not to be seen as, you know, if you mention this person's domestic domestic abuse, this person's abusing you, that it's not always going to end in somebody in prison that it might end up in a counselling session where two people sit and talk and actually find out what the problem is and then fix it. I, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in a domestic situation. I don't know anybody that's been in a domestic situation, so I can't c- comment on it. So I wouldn't want to assume that I know it's easy, but I just, it's pure curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I'd like to probably touch on the next one, which is coercive control. I think that's, yeah. Uh, you know, a big part of, of domestic abuse. Um, there was a survey of 2,000 adults um, by a, a, a solicitors in London. Um, and it was an equal portion of men and women saying they'd experienced uh, being in a coercive and controlling relationship. So looking at some of the key headline numbers, um, 30% of men suspected their partner of spying on them. 29% said their partner monitored and controlled spending 27 percent had a partner who intentionally destroyed possessions or deleted important emails or texts wow 24 percent uh had a partner who hid or took away their phone tablet or computer and 24 percent had a partner who deprived or limited their intake of food that's pretty shocking Mm. yeah yet 48 percent of the respondents 
said they did nothing about it. Yeah, and that's when it becomes a, a, a shame, really, because it just it mm. enables that person to create that pattern of consistency yeah. and then continues to do it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, there is some uh, there is some numbers here as well around the uh, you know same sex couples. So uh, for gay men, it was three point two percent said they'd suffered from partner abuse. Um, three point three for bisexual men, um, and then the women. So seven point six percent for lesbian women, and nine point one percent for bisexual women. Do you know, I think this this is probably the most statistics we've had out of any of the episodes where we've been able mm. to, to. And I think we, there's got to. We should probably post some of these. Might um, look at putting a page on the website actually in the next few weeks as the website starts to get developed with a bit more yeah. information for this, or just some links to some of these sites because that information. If people really look at this information, they can spend some time looking into it. So if someone's listening to this podcast right now, you're listening to it for a reason. So we'll put some links into the show notes anyway, but we'll look to give some more information in over the next few weeks. Read them and look at the damage that's done. You know, and if you yeah. are if you are being abused, read them and be encouraged to speak up. If you are the abuser, read them and be encouraged to seek help. That's really the the, the only message you can give here. Um, not from us, you know, because mm-hmm. just, it's just a podcast, you know. Um, but it is important. I think it is important that people look at these statistics and spend a little bit of time familiarising themselves with them because they're, they're absolutely shocking. And it, it goes back to what you were saying, because I said to you before, our oh, domestic abuse, you know, we've got to talk about men and women. And you immediately went, yeah, but what about same-sex couples and other couples? Mm. Because you don't think about it naturally. Domestic abuse, domestic abuse immediately. What is, what's domestic abuse? Ask oh, when a man's hitting his wife. That's the first thing that people think about immediately. Yeah. But then you just have this big old spiral of everything else it could be as well. So please, you know, if you're reading this and you're reading it for listening to this and listening to it for a reason, look at them stats. Joe, we haven't um, talked about though. Sorry, go on. I'll come to that in a second. What was you going to say there? I I, I was just going to mention, so, you know, I I mentioned earlier, so the Mankind Initiative, uh, mankind.org.uk, there's actually survivor stories on their website. And just, I just encourage you to just go and have a read through a couple of those. Um, They are some real heartbreaking accounts of what people have been through. Yeah, they're probably the most sort of heart-wrenching things, like you say, that mm. will push people to think twice about stuff. Those are the sorts of stories where people have really lived it. Yeah. And the one the one, one of the things that really always sit there and, and sit back in my mind is, what affects the domestic abuse at home, male or female? But let's talk about young boys. You know, a young boy in a relationship watches their father being attacked by their mum. Yep. How are kids being yeah. affected? What is the effect on children? So you've got one of two ways, right? Either you're going to end up creating a child that's going to go and be very recluse, very introvert, very held back, and goes into a very, very strange dynamic in their relationship where they become very submissive and very drawn back in a relationship and allow a very dominant 
marriage from their from mm. their, their partner, or you breed children. Uh, you know, potentially a young boy that's going to go. I'm not going to let that happen to me, and then instantly becomes the abuser himself in a relationship yeah. to avoid that from being a thing that happens to him. And I, I, their kids are kids are a huge factor in domestic violence. Huge factor. It's like if you've got children and that's happening, what you know, what's the what what do you do with that? You know, how yeah. do you, how do you protect your children? Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. Because I'm, I'm um, I mean, I mean, if you're an adult and you're knocking seven barrels of crap out of each other, right? It's not right, but you're old enough and ugly enough to be responsible for your own actions. So if you get if you get booted and put in prison for it, or you get called out for it, or something happens as a consequence to it, well, that's on you because you're old enough to know what's right and wrong. But you're bringing your children into it. You are programming your kids to grow up to be just like you. Or not depends, but it, it's a dangerous place to be. But then you can flip back. I mean, you can just how far do you go back? Because that person that's cre- you know creating that pattern of domestic abuse, what what was their family life like? Mm. Their dad abusive, their mum abusive. It's 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 tough. It is tough. Yeah. Some people just know no different. But no, and it it, it certainly breeds. I mean. I guess the other consideration is there is uh, certain cultures that you know it's it's embedded in society. Yes, and it's yeah, not absolutely. it's not seen as uh, you know how we how we face it in this country as a as a crime. You know. Yeah, the whole the whole thing's sad, though, isn't it? I mean, that's why mm. I keep saying the word sad, but the whole thing is sad. Is you. You know, people just want to be in relationships where they're happy. They just yeah. want, you know, you can't deny that most people want to find a partner and be happy with that partner and find love and move on and be supported and support people and just be happy. And then you you find people that just shouldn't be together, you know, just because mm-hmm. of the, the level of abuse that, that is between that in that relationship. If it's consistent, you know, because some people can work through it. People can work through it. You can work through. I think I, I genuinely think you can work through anything. Doesn't matter what happens. If you try hard enough, you can work through anything. If you try hard enough, because if you don't, then you'll just end up living your life sad, unhappy, and in a relationship that's going to cause you or people around you harm. So at some point, you've got to know when that's wrong, and then yep. move on from it. Um, which again, we said earlier on, it's easier said than done. Yeah, some. You can't absolutely you can't just go oh well they keep doing this i'm just going to go because you love people you've got a relationship you've got a life you've got circle of friends you've got something you probably genuinely really want mm-hmm. and you, it just it's more important to have that life than it is to walk away from the abuse yeah again don't know but <clears throat> the reason i say that is because if anyone listening to this has experienced it it does sound a lot like it when we're talking it's oh, well, why don't you just do this it's easy to just do that. why can't you walk away we just don't know that <laughs> you don't know what that's like being in that actually being in that moment you just don't know what it's like no we can only uh we can only assume how you would feel 
based on how we think we would feel if we were in that situation. But I, exactly. I do fully appreciate it's very different when you're in the moment and you're going through it. But yes. And again, that that said, if you're if you're a listener out there that's that's been through it, and uh, you know would like to come and talk to us, we'd we'd love to have you on the show to come and uh, tell your story and give us a give us a bit of insight. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, this is it, isn't it? For, for us, I mean, we're, I'm quite happy to repeat episodes talking about content that we've already discussed. If somebody has actually been. You know, involved in any of them, any any of the con, any, any of the, the topics we've spoken about, because we do want first-hand experience, so they can help others. Yeah. I mean, we could go on forever about this. I mean, this is going to be this is you know we could have an episode two hours long with all the information and detail about it and what's on there, but <clears throat> I think we probably probably exhausted that and got our point across. Don't know if you'd agree. I think you're right, and it's 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 a difficult one because you know we <laughs> for for your for those constant listeners out there, you know we try and keep our podcasts quite light and uh, with a bit of humour in there. But there's certain subjects, this being one of them, where it's you know it doesn't feel right to do that while you're talking about a subject like this. Um, so you know, thank you all for bearing with us. Um, you know, it was important that we got some of those stats and figures out there and made people aware of some of the charities that are out there that are supporting people. And um, again, if any, if any, if anyone needs the help and the support, you know, we'll put links in the podcasts, show notes. Um, don't be frightened to speak up. You know, if you've been thinking about, you know, raising your hand and saying something, do it because the moment you get, once you've done it, you feel a lot better. Yeah, and most of these, well, most of them, all of these charities operate confidentially as well. So, you know, you haven't got to worry about, um, you know, the police suddenly turning up on your doorstep or anything. And that's quite important, I think, as well. Yeah, there was uh, yeah. some information around that that a lot of men, uh, if you said it or if we just, uh, if I read it somewhere, but a lot of men wouldn't have called the helpline if it wasn't anonymous. There we go. Sixty-one percent of men who called Mankind Initiative Helpline have never spoken to anyone before about abuse they are suffering, and sixty-four percent would not have called the helpline if it was not anonymous. So mm. it is anonymous. So good news. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, thanks everyone for listening to that. We'll get back to our normal selves right now. So now that's that that we've uh, we've discussed that, we were uh, we'll talk a little bit about the next episode um uh yes definitely the next one on the list uh we have got is uh talking about family life from a man's perspective oh very nice yep mm, should be an interesting one should or two men with the family life we we, we can yes. guess on our own show look at that that's right absolutely absolutely um, so I guess to wrap it up, let's uh, let's do the usual. Have you got a joke for us this week? Uh, I've got two. Can I have two jokes? Can I have two jokes? Am I allowed to? Oh, go on then. Okay, one that I heard the other day made me laugh. My penis was in the, re- the Guinness Book of Records, but the librarian told me to take it out, <laughs> which, which I love. But the other one, <clears throat> I recently came into a bunch of money recently, which is strange for me because I usually use toilet roll. they're getting better right they've got to be getting better i do uh i do expect a message from our constant listener or one of our constant listeners on that one yeah 
Um, I did have another one actually though I did have another one which was my boss hates it when I short his name to Dick especially because his name's Steve (laughs) (laughs) oh dear (laughs) (laughs) that's aimed perfectly oh dear I'll wait wait for the P45 (laughs) very good very good well that'll just prove the point whether whether they're a listener or not (laughs) exactly that's exactly it there we go sorry Um, right I'll give you my one go on then so um what has tofu and dildos got in common? <laughs> I don't know. Go on. They're both meat substitutes. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> These jokes, jokes are definitely turning now. I like it. <laughs> they really are. They really are. Well, you know, we've got to do what the listeners want. And we had a few people contact us and expecting them to be a bit uh, darker. Exactly. To be fair, we did say at the very beginning of this, but got quite a dark sense of humor. We've been pretty reserved. I don't know why. <laughs> I've no, I've no idea. Well, we haven't offended anyone yet. Yet. No, no. This oh. is very true. This is very true. No, I have to get some of the good jokes. But there's still time. We're only yeah. on episode two of season two. <laughs> true, and we're not stopping anytime soon, right? Oh, okay. Right. I think that is us done for this week. It's- is yep so uh thank you everybody for listening and uh we will catch you on the next one we will have a good one thanks a lot james cheers for your uh, wonderful words again and i sure will well, see you on tuesday but um have an enjoyable rest of your uh easter break enjoy margate have fun and i will see you soon you too mate see you next tuesday <laughs> beautiful <laughs> see you mate Sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk or at Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Sedjournan or at onthemend on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you'd like to donate to the On The Mend charity, please feel free to buy us a coffee. The link can be found in our show notes. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will speak to you soon.